0: by live stream. We just appreciate you so much. And a happy Mother's Day to all. Amen? I have enjoyed my Mother's Day immensely. Very blessed. So I thank God. And I miss my mom. It's been 32 years since she went to be with Jesus. But uh, how many of you know you always miss your mom? Amen? So, God is good. I ran across this. My daughters brought me gifts, but my one daughter gave me this with uh, flowers. And it says, mom. The definition of a mom, it's a noun. A hero that does whatever it takes to get stuff done. That's the truth. And I love number two. Mom. Absolutely never wrong about anything ever. Amen. Awesome. I also want to uh, let you know, if you weren't here this morning, um, Dr. Barb Smith is the minister over our uh, incarcerated youth ministry in this house, along with uh, Reverend Margaret McMullen. And so if you know anything about the uh, pr- prisons and the jails, there's been no visitors allowed since COVID began over a year ago. So we des- uh, desperately need to encourage the young men and women in the jails. Amen? So we're, they're asking us to just write some letters. And if you can write a letter, it can be addressed to dear friend and then write them something encouraging. And if you would get that letter to me, I will forward it to Dr. Barb, and they will get it to the prisons and the jails so that the people can be blessed. Amen? So we're just asking you to help us out there. Also, we still need several people to help us with the Inner Healing and Deliverance Seminar next Saturday. So if you can come and help, And minister, you just needed to have gone through the seminar once yourself, and then you will be allowed to minister. But we could really use the help, so uh, if you are free next Saturday, even for a time, uh, please come. Inner Healing starts at uh, 1.45, and if you can get there by 1.45, you'll probably be done by uh, 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock. But we just really need your help. Amen? Okay, and uh, Christine Bolden, uh, uh, Gary Geldoff's wife, has gone home to be with the Lord, and so the funeral will be here at Evangel, uh, May 22nd, and we encourage you to come and join us as we rejoice. As Bishop said, she just has changed addresses, amen? So that's a blessing, and you can come and join us Saturday, Amen. Um, I just want to share a little testimony, and Alyssa's on the front row here, amen, and she wrote me a beautiful testimony of something that God did for her when she was very distraught, very much in despair. There was a season in her life where she took a bunch of pills, and what happened was that As the pills began to work in her system, she just sat down in the bathroom and was going to just give up. But she said a man appeared to her in a brown robe with brown sandals and a long brown beard. And I wonder who that was. And he simply took a hold of her and said, Alyssa, I need to help you get up. And helped her up. And she's doing just fine today and has given her heart to Jesus. Amen. Awesome. So we love her. Amen. All right, tonight I want to share with you something that God gave me to encourage us tonight. Amen. How many of you know perspective is everything? But God spoke to my heart. And he said, tell them it's time for an overhaul. How many of you have had an overhaul in this past season? Amen? God's used COVID and everything else to really check us, change us, mold us. And he's really made himself real to us. And so... I want you to look with me tonight at Exodus 15:22 to 26. They were going through a very difficult time in the desert. How many of you would not wanted to have been pastor Mo with 6 million in your congregation? Now you got to remember in the word that usually when they counted people, they were only counting the men. The women and children were just an added thing. So it really was probably about 13 million, right? That's a large congregation. But here they were in the desert. And let's take a look at this for a minute because see how many of you have been in the wilderness for some of this season? You've been going through some stuff. How many of you have had some loss? How many of you have gone through some dire circumstances? You just thought, God, will you ever show yourself again? And they began to murmur and complain. How many of you would say, Yep, I'm guilty? But I want you to see this because we're going to ask God to change our perspective once again, overhaul our thinking. Look. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur. How many of you have felt like you were in the wilderness, but you weren't sure? Hello? Don't you think it's incredible that God took them into the, into the place of sure? How come he didn't take them into the place of despair? How come they weren't in the wilderness of poor me? They were in the wilderness of Sure. Interesting. And they went three days in the wilderness, and they found no water. And when they came to Marah, they couldn't drink of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Marah. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried out to the Lord, And the Lord showed him a tree, which when he had cast into the waters, the waters were made sweet. And there he made for them a statute and an ordinance. And there he proved them and said, If you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments, And keep all his statutes. I will put none of these diseases upon you, which I have brought upon the Egyptians. For I am the Lord that healeth thee. Wow. You see, how are you looking at this season of being overhauled? Are you whining, murmuring, complaining? Are you going, oh God, this is awful? Are you walking around in so much fear that nobody would even know you believed or or trusted in Jesus? See, it's all about perspective. How many of you ever looked at something and you thought one thing and someone else looked at it and had a whole different perception? Isn't that true? And God said, listen, listen, Israel, this could be a really good time for you. This could be a time where you could really prosper. But you got to watch your attitudes. You got to watch what's coming out of your mouth. You got to stay close to me. He said, I want you to hold on to the fact that I'm a good God. How many of you have held on to that this season? He's a good God. I don't care, devil. You're a liar. He's a good God. Right? He says, I want you to remember that I'm there for you. How many of you have found God has been faithful? He's been there. He says, I led you here, and I can take care of you. That's what we have a hard time understanding. Well, why would God do this? And why would God do that? And why does this happen to good people? And blah, 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 blah. And the reality is God is there. He's there. He doesn't disappear when the the times get a little hard. He's a good God. And he will lead us to places that don't make any sense. And we'll get circumstances occurring that make very little sense. And we'll feel like, how can this be God? God uses everything. How many of you have found God uses everything? But he said, You know, this could be a good time for you, Israel. This could be a time where you don't have to be afraid. Even though you just went through the 10 plagues and you were a little bit afraid, didn't I protect you? Didn't I split the sea for you? So, okay, you've come to a place where things are a little bitter. but can't I make it sweet? How many of you are hearing me? He's saying, listen, church in 2021, this could be a really good time for you all. This could be a season where I'm going to prove my faithfulness. This could be a season where I'm going to walk you through some hard stuff. But I'm going to take care of you. How many of you have seen God take care of you in this season? You know, we did National Day of Prayer last Thursday. And it was so incredible because there had to be about 30 pastors there walking around and ministers. And as I greeted them all, they kept saying to me, how are you guys doing during this season, during the COVID thing? I said, awesome. And they go, did God provide for you guys? I said, awesome. And they go, I know, us too. I didn't hear one pastor say, man, we were struggling so hard we had to close the doors wow. He's a good God, but he wants to prove himself. How does God prove himself? He splits the sea. He puts water where there's no water. He puts a uh, provision where there's no provision. And if it's not so good, he makes it good. How many of you hear me say Hashem is in control? Say Hashem is in control. Like that was our motto during COVID. Every Sunday morning and Sunday evening I would preach and I'd say Hashem is in control. See Hashem is Hebrew for God. Adonai. He is in control. He makes the impossible possible. He makes things happen that you walk away going, wow. And I want to tell you the Lord says that in this season, as we're coming through, how many of you watched Him split the sea for you? He says, I'm going to even blow your mind. He says, I'm going to heal, I'm going to restore, I'm going to see you do miracles, and he goes, I'm going to use you to do it all. But he's requiring something of us. Look, he tells Mo, he says, Pastor Mo, go and take that tree and throw it in the water. How many of you know that's a little odd? I mean, seriously, what if, what if he told you, go out your back door and you got a little pond back there, and he says, go out your back door and you know, f- chop the tree down and throw the tree in there, you'd be like, wow, I need a vacation. It's odd. God never does seem to ask us to do things that make sense to us. Why? Because his thinking, his thoughts are not our thoughts. That's the word. His ways aren't our ways. He's so different. Why? Because he stays in a realm that we're not there yet. But he goes and tells Pastor Mo, he goes, take the tree, throw it in. The, the, the pond there, the water, and it's bitter water. They couldn't drink it. Ever had some bitter situations you just couldn't even swallow? Ever had some bitter feelings? Somebody hurt you, somebody wronged you, and you were just kind of bitter, and you just could not, you just could not deal with them. You just, hmm You'd rather slap them upside the head than love on them. But here's God. Listen, go just throw yourself on my mercy. See, the tree here represents Jesus, the cross. When we put the cross into those bitter things into those bitter waters, when we take what he's done for us at the cross and we throw that tree in the bitter waters, we just see him do incredible things. We become overhauled. We become something so incredibly different than what we were. Don't think that... When he changes the little things, it's not as awesome as when he changes the big things in you. How many of you have seen your attitude change as you've walked with him more and more? Where you just didn't tolerate how it happened, nothing, but you suddenly find yourself, Okay, I can do this. I can love that person even though they're irritating to me. Isn't that true? Because it's the Lord. You know, some things fall off of us big when we get saved. Some, you know, the drugs fall off. The alcohol falls off. All the stuff that we just are right in our face. But what about when you're suddenly not cussing anymore? Like you used to cuss like a sailor. (laughs) But that's gone. And it's like you don't even realize it's gone. You don't do that. But you think, oh, well, that's good. No, that's a big thing. Anything God does in your little heart to change you is big. Maybe he changed your attitude about something. Maybe he changed the way you look at something. You don't look at it the same way anymore. He's overhauling us. He's saying, this is a season where you can prosper. Take advantage of it. Take advantage of it. Don't get an attitude about anything. Say, Lord, throw your tree in my water. (laughs) Right? You know, in the Hebrew calendar, we're in the seventh month of the year. And this month is known for God's faithfulness. How many of you have had God be very faithful in something in your life? Now, we want more. We want God to set us free of all the junk. We just want to, you know, go into the freezer, come out and thaw, and we're all different. But it just don't seem to happen that way. We seem to have to live out every day, right? Live it out. And isn't it wild how he'll test you every so often to see, are you growing? Are you growing? You'll meet up with somebody that used to just drive your skin to crawl. And then now you'll suddenly meet up with them and it's like, hey, how you doing? And you have this genuine concern for them. Or he'll put you in a job that you just like every day it was like going to hell. (laughs) Right? In fact, you thought your boss was the boss from hell. But suddenly you find yourself without even realizing it. You kind of like, okay, this is cool. I want to go to work because Susie's at work. And I was a, had a chance to talk to her about Jesus. And suddenly your boss, he's, or she's asking you to pray for them? What's up with that? Because God's changing you. God's changing me. He's not changing the circumstance. It's still the same old job with the same old people. But our perspective's changing. Does that make any sense? Say, I'm being overhauled. I'm being overhauled. God's faithful. Look with me at Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. See, this is a season where God's saying, I want you to stand again on my promises. There are promises that you're still standing on, but you've kind of shoved them somewhere in the back of your Bible because you've been believing God for so long and nothing's happened. But you got to remember that God doesn't understand our time. You know, we look at 24 hours in a day, seven days a week, 12 months a year, 365 days. God's like, I don't have no clue about what you're talking about. Because there's no beginning to God's time and there's no end. Isn't that weird? How many of you think, God, there's a beginning and the end of every day? (laughs) So you can go to sleep. But see, God don't have no understanding of that. Because he's eternal and forever and always. But... The reality is he's saying, I just want you to walk before me, live before me right, do what you know to do, worship me, spend time with me, keep my commandments, do the best you know how to do, and I'll take care of the rest. Wow. When he was leading Israel through the desert, they had to understand he was making promises that they may not see for several years. But God says to tell you this tonight there are promises you're believing Him for. He just doesn't operate in your time slot. He's got a time slot, but it ain't ours. How many of you would say, Yep, I can think right now of a promise I've been believing God for forever? You know, I was 17 when I got saved. I would loved Jesus my whole life in the denomination I grew up in, but a personal relationship was just something I'd never been introduced to. So I was 17. I came to know the Lord as I was teaching in the dance. At that time in my life, I was studying in the dance, and I was teaching the babies class. And I'm teaching the babies, and the gentleman that owned the studio one night said, Cheryl, I want you to uh, give your heart to Christ. I said, oh, I did that. And he says, well, then you do have a personal relationship with Jesus. I said, I think so. He said, so if you died tonight, would you go to be with him? I said, I hope so. He says, let's pray. And he led me to Jesus in such a tangible way. I could sense him and feel him. And so at 17, I began to believe God because I took that Bible and no longer was it an ornament on the end table. But I took that Bible and I began to read it. And when I read the scripture about God taking care and saving me and my household, Well, I said, I got to grab that one. And I began to believe God at 17 for my parents. Now, I knew my brother was saved, but my parents, I just wasn't sure. And so at 17, I began to just trust God. At 27, that's 10 years later, my mother came to Christ. She became a born-again, spirit-filled Jewish believer. And that was glorious because we went to church together. We just did everything together. And in fact, till the day she passed, my mother served the Lord with Bishop and I in ministry. And she would take communion to the shut-ins. And she would visit And she would just do anything we needed her to do in the ministry. But now then there was my father. And my father was uh, a recovering alcoholic, but kind of like ornery. And so when I would walk in the house, my father would always say, well, if it isn't my precious little holy roller, I say, Dad, you just need Jesus. He says, well, I got Jesus. He goes, maybe you need him. Maybe I got him and you don't got him. I say, Lord, help me. I hope not. And I would pray and I would cry out to God. And my father would, you know, get ill and it would be so like, God, please save him. I don't want him to not be with you, Lord, please. And I would cry out to God. And it wasn't until I was 31 years old. So that's 14 years. 14 years I trusted and believed God that my dad was going to get saved. And at the age of about 31, I was... Pregnant, eight and a half months, ready to bring Brie into the world. And my father, when my mother passed, it took her passing for him to come to Christ. Now, I'd prayed that sinner's prayer with him a hundred (laughs) times. But it just seemed like, how many of you know what I'm talking about? Like it didn't take or something. Because he'd go right back to just his junk. (laughs) But this time, this time he was a human, you know, just totally changed. In fact, Bishop and I would look at each other and go, wow, he's like different. And he was, he was totally saved. And he died two weeks after that. Now that was okay with me because he knew the Lord but I waited 14 years. How many of you have been waiting a long time for something? He's faithful, gang. He's faithful. In Exodus 15, he spoke to Moses and basically I want you to see two things that he spoke to Moses and defined himself to us. First of all, He defined himself as Lord. As Lord, he wanted a personal relationship with Israel. He says, I want you to be my people. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because nothing's changed. He wants a personal relationship with you, with me. They weren't special. He says, I still want a personal relationship, Israel. I'm the father. You're the kid. How many parents want a personal relationship with your kid? I do. Especially as a mother on Mother's Day. Nobody knows the pain we bore. Right? We want that. God wants that. He wants them to know Him. He says, I'm going to make things sweet for you. I'm going to take circumstances and make them sweet instead of bitter. And He says, You know what? You're going to know me, you're going to know my ways. He says, but I want you to have that personal relationship with me. I want you to do what I say. I want you to do the best you know how. And I'm with you. I'm going to split the seat for you. I'm going to do all that I promised. But I want to I have that relationship with you. Well, that comes from time with him. How many of you would say that in this past season, You have really spent some time with God. Amen. Because for some of us, there was nothing else to do. You couldn't find any more wash. You couldn't clean out one more closet or cupboard. You couldn't do nothing. We were in that position where he was overhauling us. He says, you're going to prosper If you'll receive. Since I came to Jesus, I've prospered. Have you prospered since you came to Christ? I don't hear anyone saying, no, it's the worst decision I ever made. Say, because he's a good God. He's faithful. The second thing he made clear in Exodus was that he's the healer. I will heal you. He said, follow my commandments. He said, listen to my voice. Go back and read Exodus 15 in your prayer closet, 22 to 26. He said, follow the rules. Follow my commandments. He doesn't give us commandments to irritate us. (laughs) He doesn't give us The word and some rules to just really tick us off. He gives that stuff to us to prosper us. How many of you got kids? And how many of you have rules with your kids? You know, in my house growing up, Bishop and I had rules. You live in this house, this is what you're doing. Now, you don't have to follow the rules, and you don't have to live here. How many of you hear what I'm saying? But God says the same thing. This is my house. And if you're going to live with me, you're going to do some things. But they're all good for us. He says, hear my voice. See, we got to spend time to hear the voice we got to spend time to know that voice. And even when there are times when you think, was that God or was that me or was that the enemy? He shows you how to discern, doesn't he? He shows you how to figure it out because you get used to the voice of the Father. It's requiring something of us. He'll heal us. Some of us have a bad, 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 bad image of father. Our memories of father were not so good. Some of our earthly fathers weren't the best fathers. But he says, I'll heal all that. If you'll let me, I'll heal your heart. I'll heal every bit of it. And I've seen God heal to where people can love their fathers. Even if it's from a distance, that's okay. But they can forgive them. That's awesome. Because, see, when we forgive our fathers, when we forgive anyone, it doesn't help them. It helps us. And then he starts to reveal himself as Father, and it blows our minds because we begin to understand what a real Father is. It's time to get overhauled in this brain. We've got to see things differently. We've got to be willing to let God do what he's got to do in our lives. He fulfilled Isaiah 53, 5. Look at this. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. Jesus took care of all that at the cross. That's awesome. Well, if that's true, Dr. Cheryl, how come I'm still sick? How come I'm still working through this? How come I still feel hurt and wounded and blah, blah, blah? Just like the Israelites when they had bitter water. God says here, put the cross to all this. Some of us need to put the cross to our thoughts. Put the cross to the hurts and the wounds. Find someone We got a whole staff of people that can help lead you to healing through inner healing and deliverance. We got it all going on right here in this house. You don't have to walk around full of hurts, wounds, and feeling like a garbage can. You don't have to because that's not what he intended. He wants us healed. So the question tonight is, do you have any bitterness in your soul? Do you have circumstances where life just seems bitter? Where you just think, I don't even know if I care to even go into tomorrow. It just doesn't seem like it's going to be worth it. Do you feel like you just are angry, full of condemnation? Because my thing is, he can make it sweet. He can make all of it sweet. And you don't have to walk around the rest of your life. You can get healed from the inside out. And then be a testimony. See, where do the miracles come from? Where do the signs and the wonders come from? When people meet up with you and God's done something in your life, they suddenly find hope. That's a miracle. When they meet up with you because you're the extension of Jesus in the earth and they say, wow, if God can do that for you, can he help me? Yes. But here's key. Look with me at 3 John 2. And then I want you to say with me position. We got to position ourselves. We got to take a position. Are you positioned for healing and wholeness? What's the procedure, do you think? When God made them bitter water sweet, what was the procedure to get that water? What position do you think they had to take to get the water? Say that again, Joanne. Obedience. Good. What else? Physically, what position did they have to take? You think that they had a faucet and they just flipped the switch? Now, if the water's down there, which it probably was, what position did they take, Michael? Oh, they had to get on their knees to get a fresh cup of water, sweet water. What's your position? Are you running out the door? Catch you later, God? Do you keep Jesus just for five minutes? Give him your five minutes and then, okay, I read my scripture and I'm on my way. Now he says, I'm going to make them water sweet here. Now you got a whole lake full of fresh water. But now you got to position yourself to partake. I would be willing to bet they had to maybe get on their knees. Maybe they had to bend over. Maybe they had to lay down. Are you getting this tonight? What's our position? He says, I'm faithful. He says, I make a way where there's no way. He says, when I'm done with you, you're getting an overhaul. Nothing missing, nothing broken. He says, even in that verse, I've broken the curse. Broken the curse. Some people don't even know they had a curse on them, but they were just living miserable. We got to appropriate this stuff to our lives. If you're watching at home tonight, break those curses off of your life. Oh, Dr. Charlotte, I don't know what to do. It's not brain surgery. We don't got to be special with some magic powers. We have the blood of Jesus. He threw that in the water. He said the cross is the answer. The blood of Jesus. I break every curse over my life in Jesus' name. So how do we position ourselves? See, we got to take a hold of stuff. He's not a candy store. You don't go in and say, oh, I want some of that, some of that. Oh, I'll take some of that. we got to appropriate the blood, the precious blood of Jesus. Man, I don't go out of the house in the morning without the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus over everything, everybody, my kids, my husband, my pet. My people in this house, my network of ministers and churches and ministries, my body of Christ, my nation is covered in the blood every day of my life. Because the blood is the thing. There's nothing greater than the blood in the name. I had somebody say to me one time, well, are you trying to tell me that your way is the only way? I said, absolutely not. His way is the only way. It's not my way. His way. This Bible is the only way. So don't talk to me about all your other junk, whatever else you're reading. The Bible's the word, that's where it all begins and ends. The blood of Jesus was shed for you. You can either take it or leave it, but I promise you if I'm right and you're wrong, you lose. and you don't take hold of it, you lose. If I'm right and you don't grab a hold of this and this truth and position yourself, get off of your high horse with all your, well, I believe in the light. I believe in, you know, new age things. They have truth in them. I believe in, you know, uh, I'm going to get on a planet and inherit seven things. I, I don't even know it takes more energy to believe all the garbage than just the plain old truth. If I'm right, and you don't grab a hold of Jesus Christ, you lose. That's all I know. He says, how do you position yourself? Let me help you. I love when God said that. I said, God, what is that positioning? He goes, here, let me help you. He says, first of all, tell me that you want to be used by me, that you'll partner with me. I said, okay. He says, and tell them, don't partner with me for their prospering. Don't partner with me because you can get something out of it. He says, partner with me for souls. Because that's why I put you in the earth. Ooh. You mean, God, that's our purpose That's what you've purposed for us? He goes, yeah, stop trying to be something. Just win souls. Wow. That's my position. I want people to have what I've got. How many of you want people to have what you've gotten? Wow. How excited and passionate are you about it? Do you even talk about it to people? That's key. If you're at home watching, do you talk to people about what God's done for you? It may be as simple. This morning I talked about a parking spot he gave me. Now that doesn't seem like much to people. But man, to me, that's awesome. See, how, how positioned are you to just receive anything God does for you as a blessing? Partner with him for souls. I get so excited when I tell somebody about Jesus. That's my position. I'm partnering with him. Let's do it, God. He'll say in a thought in my mind, talk to that one over there. Don't walk out that door yet. Don't leave this building yet. Go talk to this one. Do you hear his voice? He said, secondly, seek me. Press in. Press in. We talked about a lifestyle of worship this morning. If you didn't get to hear it, go to YouTube, Evangel Live page. We talked about living worship and that it's got nothing to do with singing. But it's all about positioning ourselves, seeking him, pressing in. So many of us, we get to the Thanksgiving part, we get to the praise part, we never get to the worship. Why? Because that's where you got to really press in. Press in. Press in till you can sense Him and you're just almost in tears and you just feel Him and you know you've entered in. We got to make time for that. You may not go to bed at 10 o'clock, you may not get to bed till 12 o'clock because it takes a minute to press. How many of you hear me tonight? Press in till you sense his presence and you are just overwhelmed. I've been in his presence where I'm just down on my face crying because I just, I just can't do nothing else. And I'm weeping and just crying out and praying in tongues. And that's all you can do because it's so overwhelming. Press in. It's so worth it. And then he said, ask me. Ask me to reveal anything in you that needs to be made ready. Anything that's hidden and needs to be revealed in you. Ask me. So often we don't want to (laughs) know. Because then that's going to require something of us. But I promise you, if he reveals something to you about yourself that needs to change, he makes provision for the change. And you don't feel like you've lost anything. Let's close with Isaiah 54. Verse 2 through 4. Because this is really what he's saying. It's a season. It's a season where this could be really prosperous. He says, enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch forth the curtains of your habitations. Spare not. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you're going to break forth on the right and on the left. And your seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. Wow. How many times in the word does he say fear not? And why? Why is the church walking around in fear? Fear not. He says, you're not going to be ashamed. I'm not going to shame you. I'm not going to confuse you and confound you. He says, you are not going to be put to shame. We're so afraid. He says, you're going to forget the shame of your youth. Wow. And not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. What a promise. He said, this is a season where you, if you'll position yourself and make room for him to manifest himself. Make sense? It's crossing over time. He says, man, I've split the sea. It's time to cross over. See, the fear... He addresses shame and fear constantly. Why? Because it's that fear where we don't want to cross over, even though the waters are parted. And we're like, yeah, but what if they come flooding back and I drown? No. He says, cross over, it's time. Cross over. And he says, position yourself and praise me. And then this is what he spoke to my heart. He says, I'm going to cause your weeping to be reaping. You're going to see resurrection, repayment, and restoration. Say, weeping to reaping. Say weeping to reaping, resurrection, repayment, restoration. Hallelujah! But you got to position yourself. Make sense? Let's stand tonight. I want you to lift your hand. Say Lord, I'm positioning myself. Come on, say it like you mean it. Join me if those of you who are watching at home, join me. Say this, say Lord, I'm positioning myself. I want to partner with you for souls. I want to press into you. show up in my life like never before. Lord, I'm going to seek you. I'm pressing in. Because I want you to reveal anything that's concealed. Reveal anything that's hidden. I want more of you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Give him praise tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.